Hello, this is Terry Cheek. I want to thank you for choosing our broadcast, and my prayer is that it will be an encouragement to your walk with the Lord. Comments or questions can be directed to me via the link on our sermon audio page. Now, on to your selection. For just a few minutes, we want to remember that the Church of Philadelphia is the church that everybody, every Christian, wants to say they're a part of. Everybody wants to be a part of the Church of Philadelphia. And last week we looked and we, we addressed that. We looked at that. However, the Church of Philadelphia, as a strong and serving and working Christian, we realized there is a whole lot of responsibility in being a Christian. Tonight we look at the Church of Laodicea. And it's just the opposite of Philadelphia. The church of Laodicea is known and the Lord himself calls it a lukewarm church. And it is the church that nobody wants to be affiliated with. No Christian wants to be affiliated with the church of Laodicea because no Christian wants to be called lukewarm by the Lord. And we're going to see some things tonight from the church of Laodicea and what the Lord has called them out on and what he's pointed out to them. And we're going to look at that and we're going to examine it against our own lives because it does apply to each one of us. All seven of these churches apply to us. All seven of them can speak to us and can speak to our lives and where we stand with the Lord in our walk with him. And Laodicea tonight is going to show us what we do not want to be. Philadelphia showed us what we should want to be. Laodicea is going to show us what we should not want to be. So I'm going to begin reading with verse 14, chapter 3, the book of Revelation. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would I would rather thou be cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesave, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
Now, from the very beginning, the Lord gets right to the point with the Laodiceans. First of all, in verse 14, he talks about who he is. Again, he establishes his authority, just like he did in Philadelphia, and just like he did in the others before that. The Lord establishes his authority. Now, before the Lord is going to correct any of us, when we're talking about looking in God's word and we're talking about applying it to our life, we have got to get to a point where we realize that the Lord has got the authority to correct us. And his word has got the authority to correct us. If we don't give that uh, that condolence to the Lord, then we can't learn anything. We can't be corrected. We have to be able to give to give ourselves over to authority that they that he has the authority to make these corrections. And that's what he's doing with the church of Laodicea here. He is telling them that he has that authority to make those corrections. He talks about being the believer's eternal and faithful witness. When he talks about the amen, when he talks about these things saith the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning, the creation of God. He is talking about him having the authority to say, so be it. Whatever the Lord has to say in regards to our life, he says, so be it. If he says we are blessed because we follow him, so be it. If he says that we have failed in some way and we need to be corrected, so be it. Then it comes back to you and I. We have to get to a point where we say, okay, if that's where I stand, if that's where I stand with the Lord in my life, if that's where I'm at with him, then he has that authority to make that decision. That's where we get into trouble oftentimes. We don't give God the authority in our life. We don't give Christ the authority in our life that he's asking for. So when we can walk away tonight, the first thing we need to walk away with we need to understand that the Lord must have ultimate authority to be able to correct us. It can't be an opinion. It can't be a thought. It can't be a vote. It has to be His way and only His way. His word and only His word. So as He establishes that with those in Laodicea and with you and I tonight, He comes in verse 15 and He says, I know your works. He says, I know them. And then he gives three things in verses 15 and 16. He talks about being cold. He talks about being hot. And he talks about being lukewarm. And those three have some very deep spiritual relations. The cold he refers to is the condition of the lost world. Now when I'm talking about the lost world, I'm talking about those individuals who are not born again to Jesus Christ. Those who have not called upon him as their Lord and Savior. They are undone. They are lost. They are in the world and they are separated from God because they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the first thing 
that we have to realize and understand in our personal lives. That we need that relationship with God. It may not be because we have broken that relationship, though we have, and this is how we have. We have broken it through unconfessed sin in our life. That started all the way back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. When they failed God, when God told them, you can have anything in the Garden of Eden that you want except the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they disobeyed God and they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that disobedience was handed down from them through their children and their children and so forth and so on and so on until you and I, we have it in our life. We have that disobedience. Our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren are going to have that disobedience. And the only way that we can find redemption from it is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Until we get to the point we do that, we are considered spiritually cold. Just like a person who dies. They become cold. We are considered spiritually dead without Jesus Christ. So when Jesus talks about someone being cold, he says, I would rather them be cold or hot. Cold meaning they need Jesus, they need Christ, they know they need Christ. It's easier to, for the Holy Spirit to work in someone's life if they are cold and the Holy Spirit is wanting to breathe life into them and get their repentance so that they can have a new life in Christ. It's easier for that. Christ says, I can work with that. I can work with the lost person. I can work with reaching their heart and reaching their life. I can I can put the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in there. And I can give them the conviction to come to me. And then he says, he talks about being hot. And those are the ones who are saved and they are on fire for God. They, they, they know what they've got. And it means something to them. It means a great deal to them in their life. And, and, and Jesus is, is there and he's real. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight, is he real? Is it a real relationship that you have with him? Is he someone that has authority in your life? Is he someone that that has a meaningful relationship? Someone that you have conversation with. You're praying and you know the Lord is hearing you. You're reading your Bible and you know that he is speaking to you through his Bible. You have that type of a relationship. That is the hot relationship that the Lord is talking about to the Laodiceans. He says, I can be cold. 
You can be cold and I can work with you. You can be hot and on fire for me and I can work and I can, I can work in your life and I can use you and work through you to influence others. And then he comes to the lukewarm. The lukewarm is the Christian who has religion but doesn't have redemption. He is the Christian who knows the person who knows enough of the Bible to know what it says. And they may be able to repeat it. They may be able to quote it, verse in Scripture. And they may be able to give all of the right answers. But they don't have that personal relationship. They're religious. But they don't have redemption. That is who the Laodiceans were. Now there were some that were there that were hot. And there were some there that were cold. But the great majority of them were lukewarm. They knew enough to look good to the outside world. They knew enough to put on a good show. They knew enough to have all the answers to all the questions. But when they walked away, they didn't have that relationship that was so necessary. So when Jesus comes to verse 15 and 16. He, he lays it out very clear where he gives the cold and the hot and the lukewarm. And he says the lukewarm he would spew out of his mouth. He didn't want anything to do with that. So the message to us is to examine ourselves and find out exactly where we are in our standing with God. Are we lost? Do we need salvation? Do we need redemption in our life? Do we have it and are we working on getting ourselves in the right relationship or really concerned about that relationship where we're on fire for the Lord and we, we want Him in our life. We want Him doing the right things. We want Him leading and guiding us. Or are we just lukewarm? Do we know just enough to give the right answers to the questions when they're asked. And if we are, if we find ourselves as a lukewarm person, we've got to realize we're only hurting ourselves. We're not getting by with anything. We're not getting past anybody. If we have the answers to the questions, but they don't apply in our lives and we're not spiritually right with God. All we're doing is lying to ourselves. And that's what he wanted the people at Laodicea to know. And he comes down then in verse 17 and he gives them a rebuke. He says, because you say you're rich and you have a lot of things, you have need of nothing. That's a picture of the person who says, because of what I have, because of how God has blessed me, I am 
I'm, I'm okay. Because of how much money I have, because of the goods that I have, because of everything that's going on, because I don't have need of anything. I've got, I've got what I want to eat. I've got everything going on in my life. I'm comfortable. I'm okay. And because I'm okay, God's been good to me and I gotta be okay with him. We've convinced ourselves that material things are an indication of our spiritual relationship. And they're not. Material things can be gained through any type of worldliness. We can have a job and we can gain material things. They don't mean anything. Material things mean absolutely nothing. What counts and where meaning comes in is, spiritually speaking, is our relationship. Knowing for sure that we have that relationship. Christ continues in verse 17. He says, I know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And those aren't just criticisms. Those are things that he has rebuked them about. When he talks about them being wretched, they're suffering from spiritual or an emotional misery. They may be covering it up with some outside material things. Covering themselves up with more things. Spending more money on things. Getting more money to do things with. Covering up the things on the outside. Making the outside look good, but on the inside. They're wanting. Spiritually, they're miserable. They have no hope. No hope of redemption. It doesn't mean they can't be saved. It doesn't mean they shouldn't be saved. It just means at that particular point where they stand, they have no hope. That's not somewhere we want to be. That's not somewhere you want to be tonight. Where does your hope lie? Is it in yourself? Is it in a job? Is it in something else? Where does your hope sit tonight? If it doesn't sit in Jesus Christ, then it's sitting in the wrong place. It's sitting in the wrong area. Your hope is in the wrong thing. It said that they are poor. They're, they're spiritually helpless. It doesn't matter about anything else other than their spiritual poverty. We can, we can measure poverty in different ways. We can measure poverty financially. We can measure poverty in a lot of areas. And I've experienced it. I've been without. I've been, I have been in poverty. I've been in financial poverty. I know what that is. I know what that means. I know what it feels like. I've been there. 
I've also been in spiritual poverty. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to need Jesus. I know what it's like to keep putting Him off and putting Him off and trying to cover it up with so many other things. I know what it's like to finally come to Him and understand the difference between the two. Now granted, God has blessed me in a lot of ways, but nothing has been greater than the blessing that He has given in Jesus Christ. Nothing. When He says they are blind, and they are naked. They are blind. That is an illustration of some of the medical facilities they had there. Laodicea had actually had a medical school in Christ's day. And one of the things that they had developed was an ISAV because of irritations and things that were there. And they had developed it. And that's why Jesus uses this example. He says they were blind. And then he goes on to say in verse 18, to anoint their eyes with eyesight. He is telling them to use the eyesight that they had, put it on their own eyes, but do it spiritually. They are spiritually blind. But the eyesight that they have can't help the spiritual blindness they have. They need the eyesight that the Lord has. They need Him to open their eyes. We need us tonight for the Lord to open our eyes spiritually so that we can see the need that is in our lives. I need it in my life. As much as you need it in yours. As much as the average person walking up and down the street needs it in their life. I need that blindness healed and my eyes opened so that I can see. And the nakedness, we see it in verse 18 mentioned again where it says to be clothed in white raiment. Laodicea actually had a textile operation. They were, they, they raised a sh- a sheep and goats that grew a glossy black coat of wool. And they would shave that and shear that and they would they would weave it into cloth and they would make garments out of it. And it was very prized all over the area. Very expensive garment. But then he says, instead of that, in verse 18, he says to put on the white raiment. The white raiment is a picture of righteousness. It is a, the white is a color of righteousness. Black is a color of sin. And he says to put on the white raiment, the righteousness that comes from Christ. Yes, it all, it's all about Christ over again, over and over and over and over. Everything that we read in the Bible is about Jesus Christ and it is about what he has done and it is about what he will do. Why? Because your soul is that important. Over and over and over again, Jesus mentions His righteousness, His salvation, His cross, His death, His burial, His resurrection, not so you can look up to Him, but so you can realize it was for you. 
That was, the, that was the word that was going to the layer of the sins. Jesus wanted them to know that he wasn't there building himself up. He was there letting them know that what he done and who he is is for their spiritual well-being. And that's the picture and that's the message that we need to get tonight. When he comes down in 19 and he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. What he says is not to belittle. It's not to put down. It's not to criticize. It is to let us know where we have come short. And that in God's eyes and in our relationship with God and how he has the answers to correct that. He not only comes to you and I telling us where we need to be and for us to examine our hearts and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. But he said, not only do you need to do that, but I have got the answer and the solution to the problem that you're facing. Now, just coming to Christ is not going to make us wealthy. It's not going to make us, uh, it's not going to make any of us anything on the worldly side that we're not already there with. It's not going to do that. But what it will do is it will transform us from the inside out. And it will make us the person spiritually that God created us to be. And we will go from there in that relationship. We will go and we will move forward. And God will bless us in many ways and work with us. He loves us enough to rebuke us. He loves us enough to correct us. He loves us enough to show us and tell us that he stands at the door and knocks. That picture hanging right above your head, young man, that picture shows Jesus standing at a door and knocking. That picture was created off of this verse. Verse number 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. And if you look at that picture, if you look at it closely, you will see that there is not a door handle on the outside of the door. There is no way for Christ to open that door and walk in. If you look at it closely, that door has to be opened from the inside. It is a picture of your willingness to let Christ into your life. He will stand there and he will knock. And he will stand there and he will ask. But it has to be us who opens that door and lets him in. And the, the point came to the people at Laodicea. It's like it comes to you and I tonight. Are we going to open that door? Are we going to let Christ into our life? Are we going to let him into our heart? Are we going to listen to him? Are we going to obey him? Because it says in 21, verse 21, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me. Overcometh is a word that is used in the King James Bible to say, to those who are receptive, to those who receive Christ. 
to those that listen, will they will sit with Christ. They will sit with him in his throne just as he overcame. Just as he was obedient to what his father, to what God sent him to do, which was die on the cross, which was to live that righteous life, which was to be the person that none of us could be and to be that to be that point, to be that person, to be that sacrifice that we needed to have that relationship with God. Christ fulfilled his part. And he is asking us if we will fulfill our part. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. We've got the ability to hear and the ability to understand tonight. And we've got the ability to make decisions and choices in our lives. So what will your choice be? Are you going to be cold? Are you going to be hot? Or are you going to choose to be lukewarm? I can't answer that for anyone but myself. And I encourage you to look at your lives and you to know where you stand in your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Do you have that relationship with Christ that you need in order, in order to be hot, to be on fire, in order to have that burning fire of the Holy Spirit inside of your life and inside of your heart. I hope you do tonight. And if you don't, I hope you realize it is there for you. It is there for you to have. Jesus stands at the door and He knocks. Are you going to open it? That's the question. Are you going to open it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Thank you for these men and their attendance tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray that the word that is given goes out and that it reaches hearts and that it reaches lives. And Lord, that it blesses those that have heard it. Now, Heavenly Father, be with each one of these men. Be with the needs that are in their lives. Be with their prayers. Heavenly Father, lead, guide, and direct them and myself in everything that we do and say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, men. I appreciate you tonight.